Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Me, behind me, and nobody ever sees did you it. Have, did you have that shirt? Because I saw you the other day, you were online. The shirt was not on purpose either. I bought the shirt of Black Market Fleet to support a black artist. Oh, that's dope. So here I am trying to support black uh, entrepreneurs. I'm like, oh, I like that shirt. It's very retro. And then I get on live. I'm like, girl, that's me. I like the yeah. shirt because I like me. Exactly. <laughs> you love you. And that's good. I love because me. Because <laughs> once you love you, you can love others. Exactly. That's a word. Subconsciously, I think, I, I tend to love anything that reminds me of me. That's what happens when you start loving yourself. Exactly. I'm going to read a tweet that I, that I saw before I left the house. Where is it? Um... Tomorrow I will know if I received an official Emmy nomination <laughs> and whether or not actors will be on strike. Jean Elie. Yes. Jean. Yes. <laughs> Welcome back to the show. Thanks for having me again. I, I had to start with that because I think that pretty much sets the conversation. Yeah. We are taping this just for legal reasons so nobody gets in trouble. It is Tuesday the 11th. Which one is which one is my camera? This one right here. It's Tuesday, the eleventh of July. Uh, Jean is is not on strike yet, so if you hear this a week from now, don't think that he's breaking the rules. Okay, Jean, how do you feel? This is a very um, scary, not exciting, exhilarating, nerve wracking kind of day. It's uh, anxious. Um, actually, I just discovered that word anxious and discovered what that feeling really means. Mm, um, that's a word right there. But it's. It just feels weird. I feel like I feel like out of place and out of body moment. It's like I have worked hard to try, well, the last couple of months to try and get an Emmy nomination, official Emmy nomination, and like did my own promo, did my own marketing for that. I love that. And then getting also being considered for Emmy, uh, having Emmy consideration from HBO, and then also submitting myself for Emmy consideration for lead in a um, comedy series for Send Help. Like, <laughs> I love everything about this. All that, and then seeing people message me and say, oh, man, I voted for you, I voted for you. Now, tomorrow's a day where we actually find out whether or not I have an official nomination. And then getting messages from SAG and telling them, hey, we're, we might go on strike Wednesday night. And also having a series coming out <laughs> in August that I can't promote or do any promotional marketing things about um, trying to elevate me and promote the show, which I usually do IG live watch parties and can't do that. Mm -hmm. It's like, what am I to do? Emotional damage. This all feels like, I think people really underestimate just how high risk, high reward the industry is. We're always talking about the reward. We see, oh my God, like the last time you were here, we, we have to point this out. You were here, we were do, at the old studio, studio at the comedy mm -hmm. um, um, station, mm -hmm. and you had to leave halfway through because you had to go back to the writer's room for Send Help. Mm -hmm. And I remember that a month later, we were taping some other show, and the the engineer that was there was like, I just need you to know, I was a big fan of both of them, and I was freaking out in the corner the entire time, and I can't believe you had them. I was like, really? And I think in my mind, I tend to forget. I'm like, oh, it's my friend John Richie, yay! Like, yeah. I don't really see the optics sometimes, which I think actually saves me. And so it's like people see you, you're shiny, but they don't realize all the anxiety <laughs> That comes with the optics. Yeah. How do you mentally reconcile the high risk, high reward of being in this industry that you love so much? Um, I try to focus on other things. I try to focus on mm. real life and real in the real world. Um, getting married this year, so try to focus on my relationship. Um, Pause for a second, black man. Getting married this year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a big deal. Yeah, it is. It is a big deal. Um, it's a big deal because one, I didn't know this was for me. 
And then on second on on top of that, like my brother who usually vouches for everybody, he's never gonna meet my oh, wife. Oh, that's true. Or see the life that I'm building out after. Yeah. Um, or meet my kids when I have kids. Don't like, make me cry. We just all started. That, <laughs> all that stuff is like fucks with me. Yeah. That I'm not gonna be able to share that moment with him. It's so funny when I found out that Send Help was getting made, I was so excited. Um, and I found out that that you and Mike were gonna work on this together. And I met Farah and she's so cool and Farrah's dope. And she's Asian too, right? Yeah, she is. I was like, look at us in Hollywood helping each other. Oh exactly. my god. I thought there was one of me until I met Literally, y'all. <laughs> like if we she we met her on Clubhouse during that time of Clubhouse. What and a time. She really championed us and like got us over the goalposts. You know so I watched the show excited because I was like, oh my God, all the people that I enjoy are behind it. And then we got to the episode like, was it like one or two? I don't know what episode it was when I realized that the brother was a, was not alive. Mm. And I realized that like he was doing all this stuff with his brother in his spirit. And I, it was it felt very sixth sense. I was I was stunned. <laughs> I was like, oh, that's a ghost. He's talking to ghosts. And so if you guys haven't seen Sin Hub, despite despite the, the 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 spoiler I just shared, please watch it. And I remember thinking to myself, that is so painful though. There's something so beautiful and bittersweet about having a fresh ancestor looking out for you, mm-hmm. but not having them in the flesh. Because I believe that my aunt is the reason why I'm following my dreams. Yeah. Your brother probably called in some favors for you as well. Pretty sure he did. Because literally, Ugh. like, when I got off the plane and I couldn't live with the person I was supposed to live with, I moved in with the guy I met at baggage claim. Like, <gasps> if my brother wasn't literally with me in that moment, guiding me and encouraging me to ask some stranger to live with them, like... Wait a minute. Okay. How? Okay. So pause. Okay. okay. There's, there's so much to unpack. I really regret that I only booked this for an hour because I feel like we're going to be here for a while. First thing, you posted that you that your 10 year anniversary came up recently, right? It's been 10 years. It's, it's been, it's more than 10 years now. Now it's, it's more, been like, what, 11, 12? 12 years. 12, 12, 12 years. 13, 13, 13. We're 13. both from Massachusetts. Mm-hmm. Very high Haitian population for those who are wondering. It's not a coincidence that there's two Haitians from Massachusetts on, the, on, on this show. Exactly. And how did you go from being out there to coming here? Because I had to like go to New York first, then DC, and then kind of be bi coastal, and then finally come to LA. I had to like piecemeal it. Mm. You just took one leap. I took one leap. I literally went to work. I was working at Sprint at the time. I told him, Look, I am going to pursue this thing for real. At Sprint? Yes. <laughs> you said, were Lawrence. <laughs> <laughs> you were at Best Buy, like, I'm going to follow my dreams. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> I'm going to go and do this thing. And then, um, he was like, all right, cool. And I left. I called the only person I knew in LA because he had just moved here. He moved in with his brother. Mm-hmm. And he was like, yo, you come live with us. It's going to be great. It's going to be amazing. I'm like, awesome. So I called. I told my job I'm leaving through a party because I used to be a pl- club promoter as well. Makes total sense. Through a party and then left. Got here with my bags and everything. I had baggage claim, claiming all my bags. He pulls me to the side and says, hey, man, I'm sorry to inform you, but like, you can't stay with us. Wait, 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 wait. At the airport? At the airport in LAX. Oh, oh, I'm happy we're doing this. I didn't know your origin story like this. Yeah, like at the airport at LAX, I'm sorry you can't live with me. Uh, I'm like, bro, you could have told me this before I left Logan <laughs> Airport. Like, bro. And I end up, um, he was with somebody, his fr- like his neighbor in his apartment complex. Uh-huh. He was like, maybe you could stay with him. I was like, bro, I don't know this dude. Wait, like, but what was the reasoning? Him and his brother, his brother didn't know that I was coming. So he literally opened his home to me that he shares with his brother in a studio. And never, a studio. And and never told his brother. So I end up moving in with Aaron Barfield, who I met at Baggage Claim. How did you end up talking to a guy at Baggage Claim as a now homeless actor? First thing I said, hey man, um, I know you don't know me, but you know him. He's cool. I'm cool. I'm not going to kill you. I'm pretty (gasps) chill. Uh, I, I won't be in your house all day. Every day, I literally be there to sleep, and I won't be there when you go to work. I will pitch in and put food in the refrigerator. I will take care of all this stuff. He said, "I don't know." We hung out for the rest of the night because I at least had a night or two at the friend's house who told me to come out. This is completely derailed what I thought we were going to talk about. I have a whole itinerary now. I'm just like, I'm. This story is stunning me. So I end up. So I knew I had at least a night or two at this guy's house. To show him that you were to, not serial killer. Not, not his house, but like the the person that told me to come out. 
Right. He's like, I don't know. So as the night progressed and we hung out for the rest of the night, he was like, you know what? Yeah, you could come stay. So wow. I end up staying at his place probably for like four months. Months. Four months on the floor of his studio. I instantly, I was like, all right, cool. He let me stay here. That means I have to really get it going. Mm-hmm. Um, so I got up every morning at 6 a.m. I did my workouts. Um, I went on Craigslist like I used to back in Boston to try to find acting jobs. Mm-hmm. Um, found an acting class. Found a job at BevMo. Um, got into that. And then um, then I was like, yeah, I can't live on someone's floor. Yeah. Um, How old were you? It's probably 20. One twenty-two. Well, you were still young enough for this to be cute. It was not cute. I mean, but yeah, I but, but in your twenties, if you were forty-seven, I already had, it was no, no. I literally had everything set up in Boston. Yeah, like I had my own apartment. I had my. I was a manager of three Sprint stores. Oh, you better flex. So like, so you were no. not Lawrence. Never mind. I, I was like, back. no. I was like, nah, I ain't doing this. And then I'm sitting there like, all right, but I'm following this dream. I'm doing this thing, yeah. and. When I left there, I found a crib on Craigslist and I ended up moving in with five, now five strangers I met off Craigslist in a house in, in Van Nuys on Bassett Street. Do you know what I think is so fascinating about this story? Because, you know, when I see you in your little uh, Mary uh, uh, outfits and, you know, looking all moisturized and whatnot, I'm like, oh my gosh, y'all look so like Hollywood and shiny. I, I would have never... It doesn't surprise me, but I don't see that on you. Like some people were their struggle. You could tell that they're bitter that it took a while. And now they're like, yeah, y'all can suck my, you know what I mean? But you seem so supple. I would have thought that you were a trust fund baby, to be perfectly honest. <laughs> and you know, you yeah, know, that's not the, <laughs> not the case. Uh-uh. I, I'm happy you don't look like what you've been through because some people do. Hmm. I think for me, it's powerful to hear the story in that. person because I'm so used to always having a, like a full-time job and then a side creative hustle. Mm-hmm. You know, I worked at, at a news site that I will not name for legal reasons mm-hmm. for almost a decade. And no matter what I did in the industry, I was still getting a check every two weeks from them. Mm-hmm. So I knew that I always had a base check and then I would like go on a podcast or do a TV show. Whatever I was doing, I had a base. This last year has been the first time that I've been an adult mm-hmm. where there's not been a base check. It's just net 30 and dreams. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. I, oh my God. <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah. It's nuts. This is wild. And you know what's so crazy is you have four or five months. Look at all you did in four or five months. If you had had an apartment that was cozy, you might not have done as much. Because I re- realized once I got like a $20,000 check for something and I spent like 19 k <laughs> that month, I spent 19 of it. Now when I get like a 5000 check, I'll save about 4500 of it yeah. because I don't have that safety net. It's actually making me more responsible. How do you reconcile with the old you? Like, what do you think that Jean on the floor would think if he could look into the future now and talk about, yeah, you know, I'm, you know, I'm looking to see if I'm gonna get an Emmy nod. Like, that's you have first world problems now. Yeah, 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 yeah. I have first world problems, but I still got, you know. I mean, you're so human. You still got the issues because, like, it's not just me. Like, it's me. I not only look after me now. I got uh, your beloved, my wife to be. I got um, family back home. I'm. Like my mom, first generation problem, first generation Haitian American problems where yeah. the kids are the parents at this point. Yeah. Um, so I'm juggling a lot, but at the same time, like I understand that no one can help me through this issue but me. So I have to just do it. Do you ever stop and just say, I'm proud of you, kid? Yeah, I do. I do. I do have those moments where I'm like, Look at good me. job. Look at Good us. <laughs> Look how far you came. Look at us. Because like I play old video. I have my journey has been documented f- forever. Like I'm gonna write that down. I need to document my journey more. I've documented idea. it from like trying to fight parking tickets to trying to get a job and not getting a job to trying stand up and and deciding stand up is not the um, route I need to go. Why? Like, just a, I can totally see you doing stand up though. Of like. <laughs> Trials and tribulations um, through this journey. So, would you ever write about it? Yeah, I probably write about. Honestly, I probably make a documentary about it, like um, the Yeezus documentary where they had like well, all yeah. these twenty years yeah. of footage. Yeah, yeah. I'm just waiting for that one moment to then like stitch it all together and get to where I'm at right now. Like my whole journey has been a manifestation. Yeah, really. You know, so trying to 
I always try to think about how far I've come. Mm-hmm. So therefore, I don't really get super depressed and in my feels about a lot of things. That's the thing about gratitude. Gratitude stops you from being too ungrateful. Like mm-hmm. I feel like when I'm, whenever I'm feeling depressed, I'm like, Lou, get more grateful. Mm-hmm. Because if you really stop and look at where you've been and how far you've come, it makes it feel a little bit better. I'm not saying you're not allowed to have bad days. Of course. But then you're like, oh my God, back in the day, I, I used to think all I needed was to figure out how to move to LA mm-hmm. and how to figure out how to get an apartment and how to figure out how to make some friends and I'll, I'll play it off of there. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't even think about that stuff anymore. Mm-hmm. Housing and friendships and being invited to day parties. And that's the least of my worries, right? Now, how do you feel when you reach the thing that you said you were going to reach? See, and this, then this, how do you, you First know? of all, this is some Haitian voodoo. That's one of the questions I have on here for you. you know this, what is what, this is what happens when other Zos come into the audience. Y'all saw it reading my brain. One of the questions I have for you is once you've made it, because I, I feel like you conceptualizing a show and then having something as personal as your brother infused in the storyline mm-hmm. and getting it greenlit and made and having an audience for it. Mm-hmm. That is my literal dream. And I always told myself, oh my God, I'm moving to LA. Once I get my script made and people get to see this thing, this story that's inside of me, that's it. And I was like, no, what happens after that? Yeah, there's a lot of after that. So my question was, how did you feel when it happened? Did you feel happy, um, excited, scared, or numb? I was excited. I was scared as well, but also like, all right, time to get this work in. Like time to really put in all the years of practice, working as a PA, working as a second AD, working as a director. Oh, you did all that. Like nice. literally put in those years of practice mm-hmm. into this project and to make it as best as it possibly can be with so what we have. Did you ever stop and enjoy it or did it just feel like, okay, it's time to do more work? I haven't really got to, I, I didn't really get to enjoy it. Like the moment... Let me tell you how life, how fucked up life keep, is. Keep it a buck. Keep it a buck. So we shoot seven episodes. We're finished. We finished in Boston. Right? Send help. The series. Send help. By the way, where can they watch it now? Can they, they watch, can watch it on um, AMC's All Black? They can watch it on All Black. It's on Apple TV, Prime, um, the All Black app through the All Black channel. Okay, cool. Um, I just want to make sure that they knew how to watch the show that we keep on referencing. Yeah. So I'm... I'm thinking, okay, I'm back home. I shot in my hometown. I shot in Brockton. We shot in my high school. We shot in the projects that's that's by my mom's house. Oh, that's we so shot emotional. At, we shot at my mom's house. We shot in my cousin's place. We start in the, the local grocery store, putting the city's grocery store on, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, doing all those great things. And then we get to the final scene. They say that's a rap on Jean, a season rap on Jean. I'm super excited. And also, I'm like co-directing this episode, episode four. Uh, I'm super excited. I'm like, yes, this is it. This is amazing. And then I get a phone call from the, uh, from the, lo- uh, from the loan office of my mom's house and say, hey, your house is going to be on foreclosure in 30 days. We need this money for this thing. Wow. And I'm like, the moment I was supposed to be like, ah, can't be like, I have to now figure out how to take care of this situation. Yeah. And like get it to where so and we fixed it. I fixed it. We got it good. We're done. Yeah. Um, but like I didn't really get to enjoy that moment right off the bat. You know? I'm, I'm I'm trying not to tear up because I know that feeling so much. You know? I think a lot of um Immigrant kids understand it. I think a lot of kids who have network poverty, which is a term that I really wish was more popular. Network poverty is when you make it, but your network is still broke. Mm-hmm. So your money is not just your money no more. No, it's not. Like every dollar I make, there's about five people back home who need something, right? Mm-hmm. And it becomes this feeling of, okay, the the pressure is is, is getting is getting worse, as they say on the internet. And mm-hmm. you almost don't get to ever be selfish because every moment is tethered to you, okay, I have to be of service to somebody. Mm-hmm. Do you ever, I personally don't begrudge it. I don't think the issue is my family needing me because I actually think it's a privilege to be able to help them. Yeah, and also that's what you're doing this for. Yeah. You're like, you 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 say it all the time like, oh, once I make this money, I could take care of my family. I could do this, I could do that. 
in here's the opportunity one of my <laughs> friends who she's american it sucks but like here's the opportunity it, like, it's it sucks until you get enough resources where you can't feel it no more that's true i want my thing is make me rich enough i won't none of this will bother me right exactly. here's the check here's the check okay let check me go it away. let me go back check to my, my rap party <laughs> i remember i was having a great day i was at like a, a taping of something there was some show that was being taped i was in the audience with my friend we're having a great time and then we go to the after party and it's oomps, 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 and then i get, get a phone call from my mom i'm like okay I call her like, what's up? She's like, hey, um, your cousins, the gas went out in their house. Um, and so they can't cook anything, but their fridge is also empty. If you get a second, send them some groceries tomorrow. And I was like, excuse me? Like, you guys aren't eating? Like, something as basic as eating. I was like, when's the last time y'all ate? She was like, it's been a couple of days. I said, wait, wait, pause, 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 pause. I'm in VIP, like, popping bottles, and y'all yeah. are not eating. Yeah, that that feeling right there. I almost started crying. Like, no, I was like, mommy. She's like, no, I just don't want to be a burden because I know you're out there falling. I was like, mom, don't do that. Mm-hmm. Like, don't do that. So I left the party, sat there, and Instacarted a shit ton of food to every household that I could think of. Mm-hmm. Mind you, I now don't have a safety net. Mm-hmm. So even though I have the money, mm-hmm. there's nothing coming in right now. It's all yeah, just going it's out. Like, it's like, where does Superman go to get saved? Thank you. Uh, <laughs> we yeah, need a support group. We need to have a support group. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So how do you circle the block to have your moments back? Or have you not figured that out yet? Because I'm asking for myself. I haven't, figured, I haven't figured that out yet. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, price line. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE. With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, motion sounds something like this. Kizik helps you experience the magic of motion. With over 200 patents and easy on, easy off technology, you'll never have to touch your shoes again. There are hundreds of styles and colors, plus a squish like nothing you've ever felt. For a limited time, get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. I haven't figured that out yet. I just moved to the next moment. Network poverty, guys. We need to talk about it because now I'm thinking, I don't want to be that for my kids. No, the thing is, you don't want to be that for your kids, but these things have shaped you in a way to be there for other people. And also to have some type of humility that some kids won't have, your kids won't have, may not have. Yeah, that's true. You got to teach them that. Whereas life has taught you that. Failure. Let me tell you, my, my book is being dedicated to failure and my mother, my two greatest teachers. Mm-hmm. Remember people like, Blue, you're so compassionate. And I was like, yeah, that's, that's the failure and the trauma. <laughs> yeah. Like if I had not taken so many L's. The amount of elves I've taken in life, I feel like has made me the person I am today. Because there's some things that I might have not valued that now I extra value. Is there um, any kind of tips you could give to someone? Because I feel like there's going to be a lot of, I've learned this recently about my audience, by the way. It's a lot of people in the UK did not realize that. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, Can you do an accent? No, <laughs> not really. Not right now. Not right now. Not right now. Not right now. Okay. It's a lot of people from the UK. It's a lot of Haitian people. Mm. That, makes course, that makes you know, sense. That makes a lot of sense. When the Zoe finds another Zoe, they, they listen. Oh, yeah. It's a lot of white people who are looking for a way to learn about how not to be on the wrong side of history without getting cussed out. <laughs> Did not realize. T- <laughs> I, love, I love how you stress white people. It's, no, no it's, no, it's extra white. It's not like John B. getting a Caesar white. My audience is the, like the whitest of the whitest. We're like, look, Blue, you seem very nice. I just want to know what's happened. Like they, for some reason, find me non-threatening, which is hilarious. Um, and men... And women are in, of equal measure. Mm. So I thought that because I'm a black woman, it'd be like, oh, like, hey, girl, hey, like, mm-hmm. sister girls. No, it's it's a lot of people. One thing I will say for you about demographics, since we're talking about that, is you and Mike 
And Mike is your is your, your writing partner, your producing partner, producing partner, writing partner. I just, I just and you guys are birthday twins, right? Yes. You guys worked on Send Help together, and when I met Mike, I was like, oh, he's fun. I could see why him and John are friends. Mm-hmm. And then I remember that we all got really tipsy. Um, at every everyday people, I remember that in flashes. I have to look in the video on my phone to remember most of it. I ran into Mike um, in London recently. Yeah. We had a good kiki. I saw. I was I was watching. I was watching the videos. Like <laughs> you guys are having a ball. We found a Haitian restaurant in London, bruh. Really? Literally, one of my friends who, well, somebody that I know who from 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 high school. No, actually middle school, has been following me on social media and said, hey, you tweeted that you were going to London. This is Ed Sheeran's favorite um, um, Haitian restaurant in London. I said, Ed Sheeran found a Haitian found restaurant. Found a Haitian restaurant in London. Apparently, a bunch of his Haitian friends took him to this restaurant, and he was like sucking his finger t- to the knuckle because the food was so good. Wow. I said, Mike, we're going. I don't care where it is we're going. Apparently, it's in East Bumfuck. But shout out to the Tiki Bar. Sack Passe to the Tiki Bar yeah, in London. And so we go, and the food is busted. And I'm excited. But before we get served, a young lady walks up to me. She's like, you're the girl from the podcast. Where, wait, where is this place in London? Because I'm actually going to go to London for my honeymoon. Oh, I'm going to send you the link. They follow me. They're going to see us talking about okay, them. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Yeah, I'm, The Tiki Bar's not playing. I am down <laughs> to try some Haitian food The food is London. good, but they made me wait two hours. And That's I and I posted I posted about it and they're like oh sister we're so sorry like they DM'd me like we're so sorry we made you wait so we're eating and this girl walks up to me she's like you're the girl from the podcast wow. I got recognized six times in London wow this pod this is just a podcast I said now hold up now I'm not big headed this mm-hmm. why do y'all know who I am yeah and so when I was thinking about what to ask you today is I got freaked out me and Mike were like let's hope she's not a serial killer let's hope that she knows mm. how, when to leave us like we're about to eat this food yeah because we were eating right I was like how must it feel for you when you because you get recognized a lot whether you recognize it or not yeah it's it's weird it's, it's so it's a, weird for you too, right? Yeah, it's a, it's a I, weird felt, I felt ungrateful because I was weirded out. I wasn't excited. I was weirded out. Like, hey, stranger, I'm in a whole other country. Why do you know who I am? How do you deal with it? Uh, it's cool now. Like, but before it was weird. It was very, very weird. And I feel bad for these kids or I don't. Yeah, these kids I I met at the movie theaters one time, and they were like, "Oh my God, it's oh Jean from Insecure. I'm all." And I was looking at them like. Uh, what? Like, this is insane to me. Have you practiced what to say? Do you have, like, a thing you've practiced no, to say? No, like, hey, what's going on? Like, if, if and, and or I see if people notice me and they don't say anything, they're just staring. I go, what's going on? How you doing? <laughs> I said, how you doing? And I, and I move it, move, leave it at that. But if they want to, like, take a picture or they want to hang out, I'm like, or not hang out, but just want to say what up, I'm like, I'll talk. I'm say what up? How you doing? Like, I'll stop and say, how do you I'm, end like, it? doing something. Because I end up talking to them, like, how's your day? Like, I don't know how to, like, no, talk I'd to be a like, stranger. I'd be the same way. I'd be like, yeah, how's your day? What's going on? Like, oh, no, we're doing good, blah, blah, blah. And uh, can we take pictures? Sure, why not? And then, or I'm like, yo, um, nice to meet you. I got to go. And then I just keep it pushing. Okay. But, like, the first time that ever happened to me, I made it so awkward for them. They were like, <laughs> I got to walk away from this guy because I don't know what's going on. Because oh. I didn't know what's going on. Now, the part that I I be hating is when I'm getting caught at the grocery store and I'm looking like, who done it? And they're like, can I take a picture? I'm like, should I say no? Yeah. But then I'm like, do I want them to hate me and just be go on? Because you Pick know, Twitter people, fingers. people be like, yeah, these are the fucking dick. I met he, Jean he, he ain't even it yet. He ain't even all there yet. He talking, he doing all. I'm like, uh, I don't want to be dealing with that. But then at the same time, like, you got to protect your peace. Yeah, it is tricky. And, and I always wonder, like, where's that line? Read the room, first of all. The young mm. lady who came up to Mike and I, she was very. Um, sweet about it, and she knew when to leave us. Like mm-hmm. we're at a restaurant, we're about to get into this food. Please go now. Mike she was she was sweet about it. Mike and I were in New York taking a picture in front of the the Senhel billboard, and this guy, as we we're taking photos, the guy walked in, like walk right in the middle of the shot. Oh my god, how you guys doing? I I fuck with you both. <laughs> Read like, the room. You, you're a writer and you're an actor, and you got oh, I like it. I was like, hey, what's going on? Everything's good. Awesome. Um, we're kind of in the middle of taking some photos right now. He's like, okay, cool, but can I take a picture with you guys too? I'm like, sure. Take a picture and then send him on his way. See, now I have to wonder about all the celebrities that I've heard about who get bad raps for being rude. Are they rude or just tired? I think they're just tired. Because, I mean, some of them are probably a little bit rude, but I feel like most of them are probably just very, very tired. When I met Reese Witherspoon at some Hillman grad event, she talked my head off for 20 minutes. She was very nice. 
Like Reese Witherspoon, if there was a barbecue, she should be invited. Cause the it was like Lena's. Um, remember that Hillman Grad Week when she was throwing all these parties? Yeah. Reese and her husband were the only people who were not black there. And child, she was comfortable. You could tell she from the south. She's like, "Hey, what's up?" I was like, "Oh, hey, girl." And she kept talking. I was like, "Girl, I gotta go." But it was nice <laughs> meeting you. And now, in retrospect, I'm like, "Oh, she's probably so used to just kikiing with folks." But I re- recognized that one time I was at Home Goods. Actually, one time this was like two weeks ago. This guy was behind us, and he's like, "Are you the girl who was on TikTok because uh, you were uh, at the Beyonce concert in London?" And I was like, "Blue, you ha- again? You have white people because I didn't. I never thought white people watch my show." Yeah. Shout out to all the white folks who support me. I never. Th- I thought I'm so pro black. I'm gonna scare them off. Mm-hmm. I was like, "Yeah, I am." Okay, I'm about to bring up my home goods order. <laughs> then I, we walk out, and this girl pulls up, and she's like, "Blue." I'm like, "What's up, girl?" She's like, "You don't know me. I know you from Instagram." I was like, "Oh, okay." <laughs> I'm thinking this is somebody's play cousin. I do not think that I have the social finesse that you have. No, you do. No, I. You I, do. <laughs> you have the social currency. I'm like, how's your mother? I don't know. I don't know your mother. <laughs> All right, we're gonna go to the real questions because I feel like you're so easy to talk to. We talked about this. Do we? We, we talked about this like a week ago. You butt dialed me once, and we ended up on the oh, phone yeah, for yeah, thirty yeah, minutes. Yeah, yeah. Yes, 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 yes. You were like, "Blue, my bad. I uh, accidentally butt dialed you." And I was literally having a conversation with you out while I'm shopping, trying to buy some clothes, and, like literally having a conversation. I'm like, well, how's your day? Everything's good. How's your day? What's going on? What's new? What's happening? <laughs> I will tell you though. I, I told you this before. Leo and Libra men, I find you guys so delightful. I love talking to you guys. You know what it is because you're, I find you delightful. You know, I pre- I receive that. I really I'm enjoy talking to, to you. But you know what it is though? It's because you could tell when someone just wants to have a good conversation mm-hmm. and it's not no weird shit. Mm-hmm. And I like be having some weird shit, yo. It do. It do. It do. I I I will give you props that if when I see you in industry settings, you're still you. Mm. Hey, you that to. is a feat. Because when I'm in a, in a super industry setting, I'm like, I'm just going to be an anthropologist and watch the natives in their <laughs> natural habitat. I do not. Or I'll just get tipsy with a friend in the corner. Because like, I genuinely like people. I yeah, genuinely like people. Um, and also, I've been a salesperson my whole life. So, like, I genuinely like people. I like to do all Those three Sprint stores. You see how that helped you out? Sprint stores. I used to sell um, the motors out of my toy cars at recess. I used to sell ringtones, Nextel ringtones, and things of that nature. Like, I used to do all that stuff. Uh, make screen teas and sell it to people, sell CDs, DVDs, all that stuff right out of my dorm room in and throughout junior high. So you've always been a bit of a hustler. Yeah, I've always been an entrepreneur. But mm-hmm. like, I I just like, I also genuinely like people, but I also do like my piece as well yeah. where I can unplug from folks. Like, I will hang out with you, like, ah, all this other stuff, like, but I will take two or three days to just recoup my energy back. You're an ambivert. And hanging out by myself. I think ambiverts unite. I need to make a t shirt that says ambiverts unite. Because when What's you. An ambivert? An ambivert. You know when people say, you know, I feel like I'm an extrovert, but then I've been needing time alone. There's a name for that. It's just called mm. an ambivert. I think I'm a social introvert. That's what I, that's what I call Whatever, it. If, as long as it's both of them, yeah. it's, you're an ambivert. And I think there's a lot of ambiverts in this industry who are known for being social and then will disappear for a week. Mm hmm. And we, that's how we recharge. And people are like, no, I thought you were like, mm, mm, on the street. I'm like, no, I'm not on the street every day. No. I pay rent. I pay a lot of rent to have you know a house. what I like to do? I like to leave my phone in the house and take a walk by myself. Oh, that's radical. Okay. <laughs> that, that, okay. I, I really enjoy that. I really enjoy being able to connect with random people because I just, I'll just have a random conversation with some random person while having a drink or taking myself on a date to eat. Like, I would Those just be talk, the best, though. That'd be the best. And I just leave my phone in the house. And I just go. See, the leave the phone in the house part is what scares me. I watch too much Dateline. Yeah, I, I need to be it's able not, to catch a crime. Like th- that is like a thing that a guy can do. That's you know true. Saying? That's true. That is male privilege. You know what I love that's about you putting privilege. that out? <laughs> You're in a podcast talking to a woman and then you point out the male privilege to me. This is why it's hard for me to date. All my male friends are too evolved. <laughs> No, seriously. I have so many. Look at this. You're like, no, that's male privilege, but that's why you have to have your phone, and I don't. I have so many guys in my life. You, even when I think about you and Norman, right? Mm. Or I think about Richie. Like, Mm -hmm. I think about all the men that I know who also know each other. You're all so evolved in the way that you see your masculinity, the responsibility that comes with that, and how to support strong women. Mm -hmm. When I meet a fuckboy, I'm like, what is this? Yeah, what happened to you, sir? Like my my, I've been so spoiled that dating has been bizarre for me because I'm like, yo, the bar's on the floor. Fuck low, it's on the floor. Somebody kicked it under the couch. <laughs> so you're lucky that you don't have to date. How nope. long were you living in these uh, uh, swamps of LA dating pools before you met your beloved? 
Um, As somebody who's made it to the other side. Give us some hope, John. Well, I was living my hot boy summer since I left Boston. I met my girl in 2015. So I came here in like 2010. That's several years, John. Yeah, I enjoy it. Oh, you were hoeing for years before you no, settled I down. No, I like when I'm, <laughs> I live my life. I just said this man is so evolved. I was hoeing for about a half a decade. <laughs> I live my fucking life. Like I don't. No regrets. I No regrets. I enjoy it. And then, but like when you find someone that you click with and you find your person, it's like, what are you going to do? Mm-hmm. Like you, it's just, it's just happened. And I wasn't looking for it. It just happened. Did you find it at first? Of course I fought it. We broke up. We broke up for three years. Three years. Y'all want some got, love Jones shit. Fall love, fall apart, start over. And we got back together in 2019 at my party that I had with Mike, our joint birthday party. And you was, would you be there? I've been so many places. I, maybe. <laughs> I don't know where I've but been yeah, anymore. <laughs> we had a joint birthday party. I, she came out. We hung out again. Like, we started hanging out before that. And then she came to my birthday party. And after that, I was like, you know what? This is it. Uh... And, and then what's called, she checked me again. Uh, she was like, look, what are you doing? Because last time, it was everything was going good. Stop and wasting you my just, time. Exactly. And I was like, you know what? It's because I miss you. Oh, my God. I was trying to find you and other people, and but the thing is, those other people don't really measure up to who you are. So I want you. So and then, do y'all hear this shit? We do y'all hear? That? Why, why am I tearing up? What's going on? And then you uh, so you a smooth motherfucker though. That is some smooth shit. It's because I miss you, girl. That's why. So my question is this: Have you ever? And I'm gonna try to be um, mindful about the way I phrase this question because the world is small. Mm-hmm. Have you ever had to fight the urge to publicly tweet that your girl pissed you off? Uh, yeah, of course. <laughs> Let's talk to the, all. The, let, I want John as a man who apparently was for the streets for several years before he found his beloved. So he knows what the streets are about, <laughs> then found success and found a good girl, but also knows what it's like to have those emotions because the entire week, I don't even have to talk about it. Mm, a no, certain man. story has been viral. We all know parties involved. So we're going to watch our mouths and be respectful because there's a family involved, but there also is a teachable moment in this, right? Because mm-hmm. I did call Norman. I was like, Norman. One of y'all needs to make a phone call because mm. this person needs people to tell him, brother, that's not yeah, how you handle yeah, this. Yeah, yeah. And so as a black man, this is your role. This is me staying in my lane. <laughs> as a black man, what do you have to say to all the black men who think that what happened on the Twitters was okay? Because it's clearly not okay. What do you have to say to them about how to do something else? If I was to say do something else, just leave your relationship off social media. That's, mm. that's really it, honestly. Because... It's easy to get caught up on social media. And then also nothing on social media. This is coming from my girl. Nothing on social media. Nobody is looking to help you on social media. Mm. Everyone's looking to tear things down on social media. Um, So if you are happy with your relationship, do not share it. If you are mad at relationship, do not share it. Because people tend to try to tear things down. There was a whole post about a guy saying that every morning, my wife, she can't walk or something, and he goes into a pool with her every morning, and they drink coffee, and they do all this oh, stuff I remember that. every morning. And then social media was like, nigga, you ain't got no job. Like, what's wrong with you? Like, How you wrong? have time to be drinking you, coffee every day? Coffee every day and jumping in the pool and do a cold plunge. Like, what's wrong with you? I'm like, what the fuck? The dude was just sharing a moment. And it ain't like that. Yeah. And then what happened the other day is like, it's a relationship situation that not everybody needed to be involved in. And now it's spiraling, it's spiraling out of control. People are being called crazy names. Like, I don't think that's fair. It's a, it's a private moment. It ha- yes, it ended up in a public forum, but it's like, like and, it's eased back a little bit. We all have insecurities. So for me, the issue isn't the insecurity. For me, the only issue is the public, the public humiliation, mm. right? Because once you've made something public, you've weaponized your insecurities. And that's where I draw personally in line. Yeah. For me, I, it, it's it's a deal break until we're married. Now we got to talk to lawyers and figure shit out. <laughs> um, but like for me, I think public humiliation personally is a deal breaker. Um, what's a deal breaker for you as somebody who's in a serious relationship where the stakes are much higher? Um, or are there no deal breakers? No, there are. De- uh, I, I try to say there's no deal breakers for me and my girl, and she knows that I don't like someone lying to me. Mm-hmm. I don't like someone lying to me. I don't want someone going through my journal 
because um, I keep a journal. Um, oh, that'd be a, a violation for real, for real. Yeah, it's a violation. Like, I was dating this girl. She went through my journal. I was like, okay, it's time for you to go. Yeah. Like, it's it's done. Um, yeah, just, just keep it a buck with me. Um, I think for me, one of the things that I think is a deal breaker, and there was a tweet that I, I reposted, I think, yesterday, where I, somebody asked, what's something uncommon that's a deal breaker? Something that most people would think is no big deal, but for you, you're like, yeah, we can't do this no more. For me, it's become name-calling. I think because West Indian, Latin American, Caribbean households can be so verbally abusive, mm-hmm. and it's taken so much expensive therapy <laughs> to heal myself from yeah. that. I don't want to play play where there's a line where you calling me a bitch or out my name. Yeah, we don't do that. I don't do that in my house. We don't do that in our relationship either. Like We literally will have a, a real conversation about anything, but we do not call each other names. Like, if I'm venting to my homie, maybe I might say some crazy. This bitch, you can, you can quote like, Bruno Mars if you want yeah, to your homeboys. Like, but don't ne- say that shit to me. Never, because once you open that, then you, you open the floodgates for all types of bullshit to come into your relationship. Yeah. And then you you can't pull, it's hard to pull back from that. And I also, I've never been a person to call a woman out her name in an argument. You know, I've never called a man out his name. I had a couple of people who, tweet, who hit me up like, that's weird. I've never called a man a bitch i think a lot of times we think it only goes in one way mm-hmm. i think it's equally no, disrespectful it's to call a grown man a bitch i could never see myself saying that yeah. and then want to lay next to you the same night yeah because it's like it's like really that's how you really feel about that's me? how you feel that's really how you feel because then he's just thinking about that the whole time it's he's like, like so girl, i'm a bitch right wow I'm a bitch whoa okay yeah no so that's I don't... how you feel See, you, you're a good mm. actor. Cause that's exactly what it looks like. I was dating somebody uh, like a year ago, and I said I don't do this because I had recognized that he talked about the child of his mother crazy, and I was like, so check it. I know you told me a story. I you can't do that over here, and I always act like it's a learning disability. Like I can't take it. It's not even you. It's me. Yeah, I gotta because go. <laughs> the way you're talking about one person is the way you're gonna talk about you after you're done with that person. And she so, had your child. I'm not planning to do that. So and so he was like, all right, I'll never do that. Our first argument, you know, what he did to be clever. Mm. You're acting like a child. I said, now hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. We're not doing this. I said, so what do you mean I'm acting like a child? He disagreed with me. He's like, you're being childish right now. And I was like, oh, so you can't, you know that you can't call me a bitch. So you're still finding another way to try to diminish me. Mm. I was like, no, on my worst day, we're still equals. So mm. can, on my worst day, we're still equals. Exactly. Keep that same. And he was stunned because he thought that was going to work. And I was like, oh, so you need to feel superior yeah, in some not, way. Not yeah, that ended up being our last time talking. Oh, another deal breaker. Another deal breaker you just made me think a bit is bringing up old stuff in new arguments. <gasps> yeah, this episode might be triggering for some couples. Who are, <laughs> yeah. Like if someone's like weaponizing something I told you. Yeah. Against me. That's why your daddy didn't come back. Wait, what? Whoa, whoa, whoa. How we get whoa, here? Wait, what's going on? I'm like literally that that meme with things like this. <laughs> like, what? Am I packing my bags or are you leaving? Like, who's leaving? Yeah, people who weaponize trauma, things that you've told them in confidence and try, as you're opening up to the person, like that's a deal breaker. How do you tell your partner? Because here's the, the thing, unfortunately, right? There's good people who are used to trash relationships mm-hmm. and I've learned that recently. How do you figure out how to tell a partner the things that you're not okay with without it feeling preachy. I like to do it up front when it's fun and light and we have no stakes yet. Mm. And I'm asking you because you're in a successful relationship and I'm not, so. (laughs) (laughs) Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com wonder. I'm keeping it in a buck on this episode. Nah, I think what's called, um, we like to talk in like hypotheticals sometimes. Oh, that's fun. 
and and have that conversation so we get a better understanding of what's going on. And then also, um, we do have couples therapy too. So like we go to couples therapy, so that I love also that. plays into it too. When did you guys start going to couples therapy? Uh, I want to say a year ago. A year ago. So you were already living with each other and no, engaged? we were living together. We just moved in with one another. <gasps> We just moved in one. I I lived with her. I knew I wanted to marry her for sure when we stayed together during the pandemic. Yeah, that's I stayed good. with her for a couple. Of, I was like, oh, I'm gonna marry this bitch. Like this is you, mm -hmm. you mind. So mm -hmm. I'm yeah, it's and it, then, the pandemic broke up a lot of happy homes. Yeah, and then um, I remember she's like bringing up the um, idea of couples therapy, and me as a guy, I'm like, what do we need? So we need to put somebody else in the conversation for what? <laughs> you can talk to me. Talk to me. <laughs> Okay, then. So. And she's like, <laughs> "It's my house." I don't feel comfortable having this conversation with you, and I feel like we're missing where everything's a miscommunication. Kudos to her for having the bravery to say that and to think that you could receive it properly. And I was like, "Ah, fine. It's it's for you. Let's have a conversation." Aww. And we had a conversation. And the first time it started going, I was like, "Oh, this is, I'm like, but I said that." Like, but I'm not saying it in a way that you can receive the information. Yeah. So I have to learn how to change the way I talk um, for, in order for her to receive the information I'm trying to tell her. Yeah. And vice versa, she would have to figure out ways to talk to me so therefore I can receive the information. And that breeded a healthier relationship and uh, also allowed us to grow. That's beautiful. You know? I think a lot of time when people are communicating, they don't realize that there's a difference between what you're saying and what people are hearing. Mm -hmm. And you can unintentionally trigger somebody. Mm -hmm. And so for you, it sounds like you're, you're speaking in a straight line and there's all these squiggles happening with them. Yeah. I was talking to my cousin the other day and I was like, hey, I need you to help me with X, Y, and Z with mom. And she's like, well, I can't do too much because, you know, my, I, I'm going through a tragedy and X, Y, and Z. I said, pause. It triggers me when I ask you something small. And you immediately respond with all the things you can't do. Mm -hmm. Can you speak to the thing that I asked? Mm -hmm. Because that defeatist mentality makes me feel alone. Mm -hmm. And she was she was stunned. She was like, what? That's really good. I was like, I feel alone when I ask for something small and you respond like it's big. Mm -hmm. Because now I feel like like nothing, everything's too big for you. Mm -hmm. She's like, I didn't mean that. I was like, I know you're drowning, but now you're, you're dragging me with you. She's like, I'm sorry. She's like, you know what? I can help you on Tuesday. I said, mm -hmm. thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and then we stay on the phone for like another half an hour because I was like look like the family's not going to teach us this mm -hmm. you're still in Boston ingesting the fuck shit that our family has been doing yeah. I'm learning all this stuff you know eating avocado toast on the west coast and whatnot <laughs> I need to make sure that you guys learn how to talk to me now because my, 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 my calibration is different mm -hmm. and my own mother I'm like mom sometimes when you talk it's hurtful mm -hmm. she's like what? I was like mom sometimes when you say stuff you, you, you get very angry and you don't want to admit that you're sad so next time you're sad, just say you're sad rather than yelling at me. Mm. She's like, oh, oh, God. Like, she was like, what the hell has gotten into my chest? My mother thinks something's gotten into me. She's like, are you real, drinking? That's real, that's real <laughs> stuff. Like, because they don't, they don't really know how to process. Because parents, well, first generation, immigrant parents, whatever, um, they are, they work so hard just to get here. Yeah. And they got here by sure grit <laughs> and hard work. And then they're like, then they had kids and they're like, okay. The hard work is done. Now the kid can take it from here. Yeah. But they kind of come here with the knowledge that they had when they left and the age that they left. And they're and, stuck at that age. And they're stuck there. Yeah. Because they still had they had to do all this other stuff. And it was all that information that they learned while growing up, growing here in America, that that they carry on and they pass on to the kid. And then the kid's like trying to change that in for better. But then again, sometimes a kid has diffle or things that they learn from their parents that they bring into their new life. It's just changed a little bit, but it's still the same. Kind I, of. I say this all the time. We, we always judge our parents and then we figure out that we just found a shinier way to, to relive mm -hmm. their same stuff. So how do you break that cycle? Because yep. there's so many things we judge our parents for. And then you start, you have a kid, you're like, oh shit, I am my parents. Yeah. Do you want children? I'm not assuming you want kids. I do. I, okay. want, I want at least three. Oh, wow. Y'all about to be busy. Okay. That's a lot of children, John. Yeah, yeah, I know. I and the reason why I asked that. Terrifying we've been having those conversations lately. <laughs> Three children. Yeah. Okay. I, I remember when I learned that once you hit 35, you're a probability as a woman of having twins, like quadruples or some shit. Mm. The eggs get tired and start just splitting off. <laughs> That's why Beyonce had twins. I'm being serious. Wow. So once you hit like your mid-30s, the probability of getting like a two-for-one special 
She would hate that. <laughs> Randall would hate that so much. She would look at you like, you did this to me. You did this Yo, to me. She would freaking hate it. <laughs> so just keep in mind as the years tick on, she's getting closer to Twin Town. I thought like um, you only have kids if there was twins in your family. No, the eggs, but ma'am, the, the eggs. I have a couple of friends who've had kids at 40, 42, 40. A couple of them had twins. <laughs> They're like, two of these? Why do I, I only wanted one? Randall would murder me. She's yeah. like, you did this to me. I'm like. Ladies, be careful. Man. And I, and I already know how I'm going to be. You're going to be a fun dad. All right, yeah. I'm You're going to be a fun disciplinarian, though. Yeah, I'm going I'm to this one. She, yeah. she, right now, my girl's African-American, so she's literally like, if if anything, I'm just saying, your Haitian dad doesn't believe in that, so like, you can't do that. Mm-hmm. Your Haitian dad doesn't believe in that, so yeah. like, you can't do that. So when you guys play this back years <laughs> down the line, I'm like, this is, I was blamed for everything, yes. And I'll take the blame. Would you want to have a, a junior? Um, like a Jean Junior? No, 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 no. I'll probably it'll have a different name. People always think it's weird that I'm a junior. You're a junior? And see, that's the reaction I always get. Really? I, I'm a mother's medical proxy, and they'll be like, "What's your first name? What's her first name?" I said, "Marie." And they're like, "Okay, what's your name?" I said, "Marie." And they're like, "Excuse me." I'm like, well, I'm a junior. My mom didn't have a mom past 16, and mm. so she wanted to pass on her legacy. She gave oh, me her. Beautiful. Our middle names are totally different, mm. but I'm a junior. People are like, that's weird, a female junior. I had one person tell me, like, are you sure? I've never, I've never heard of that. You've never met a female junior before? No. You're my Isn't first. that groundbreaking? That's wild, yeah. Like, but think about it. Why can't women have juniors? I don't know. Men, ha- men have them all the time. I don't George Foreman got like 17 Georges. Yep, he does. George I, don't, I do not George want George 17 Maries because I'm Haitian enough as it is. First off, <laughs> Marie is the most... Haitian name you could possibly of get. all the names to try to pass on, mom. And I want to talk. My name is Jean. Like we are I such have a stereotype. The most Haitian name you could possibly Marie get. and Jean. People with the, that's like okay. Literally, so, that's my mother, and my dad. That's okay. So African American mm-hmm. friends, people who are not from the Caribbean, that is like saying John and Jane Doe. Okay, mm-hmm. we have the most stereotypical names. And what I love about hearing people say your name is hearing American people and people from other cultures say it correctly. Mm-hmm. You know, my name almost was Joseph. Really, my father. Wanted to be so stereotypical that he, when he came to America and he was there, like doing his name, he changed it to Jean. That is hilarious. Oh, wow. Okay, so you're Haitian as hell. Mm-hmm. You know what's so interesting for me is that I rep Haiti so hard. And I had somebody ask me recently, she was like, if you rep Haiti so hard, why do you always mention that you're Haitian and Cuban? And I was like, well, for two reasons. And I was like, because that's what I am, first of all. <laughs> I don't think that's. People ask weird, slightly xenophobic questions sometimes, and mm-hmm. I have to learn how to show them some grace. And I had to sit with that. And I was like, number one, that's what I am. So I'm Mm -hmm. just being matter of fact. And number two, my father not showing up the way that he needed to doesn't mean that I get to throw away my entire culture. Mm -hmm. And also, number three, if you actually do a Google search, Haitian Creole is the most spoken language in Cuba outside Mm -hmm. of like Spanish. Wow. I didn't even know that. That's great. You go to Cuba, they all look like us, y'all. That's dope. Cuba is black as hell. Oh, that's dope. It's a bunch of Haitian. Like, it's not an exotic thing to be Haitian and Cuban. It's yeah. like saying, I'm from New Jersey, but I work in New York. It's that close. <laughs> like, they're right okay. next to each other on the map. Yeah, that's dope, man. I, yeah, I want. I can't wait to go to Cuba one day. Oh, you would love it. The oh, the the colors from all those beautiful cars, yeah. the beach, the air. I love Cuba. I love Haiti. People always say they love the Dominican Republic. I'm like, you know, it's the same beach, right? The, literally the same island. Haiti is gorgeous. It is stunning in a way that I would have never gorgeous. known had I not gone back. The first time, when did you go? For, when was the first time you went? The first time I went was uh, 2006 because the government was trying to deport me and I was scared to go back until the block wasn't wow. hot no more. <laughs> Sheesh. I'm really not from here. They tried to deport my ass. Wait, you were born in Haiti? I am. My kids are going to be first generation, Jean. <laughs> what? Yes. You, you keep talking about first generation. I'm like, oh, my kids will be able to talk to you about that, friend. That's crazy. They tried to deport my ass. I'm, mind you, Haitian and Cuban. You want to know what they hate more than Haitians? Haitian Cubans. <laughs> wow. They're like, I don't like you in either direction. <laughs> That's why. Like, I didn't know. I thought you were born in the States. No, I was born in Port-au-Prince. Wow. And then I moved to Havana. I was, wow. <laughs> and then I moved to Boston. And they Why call, Boston? Why did you choose Boston? Because there's a huge population of Haitians that were already there. We were either going to do Boston or Montreal. Mm-hmm. And for some reason, not Florida, because the block was too hot. Florida got too many people. Mm-hmm. So we went to, to, to Boston, and my mother just liked it there. And I remember being called. I t- tell the story all the time. They called me a burnt Mexican because I had a thick Spanish accent. 
Wow. I was a daddy's girl, so I was always trying to like talk like him. Yeah. And so I was like, hello. Like, and I had like this thick accent. And then Maria from Sesame Street, she had the closest. I was like, oh, she speaks Spanish too. And she's my color. Oh, so you speak Spanish and Creole. Well, here's the thing. They, the, them the white kids beat the Spanish out of me. Because uh, they kept on. Uh, being called a black Mexican, I mean, a yeah. burnt Mexican, does not feel good in Boston, no, Massachusetts. It doesn't. it doesn't. Um, And so I was like, I'm going to learn how to sound American. So I started learning how to sound American from Michael Jackson songs. Being criticized for your for your heritage, you know what I'm saying, for your nationality, doesn't feel good at all. I mean, the black kids were helping them make fun of me. The black kids were making fun of me being Haitian. Um, yeah, it's bad. It's bro. wild how Haitians and Africans got made fun of so much when we were younger. And now, now they're not, on. Yeah. Y'all used to call us, like, y'all do voodoo or African booty scratcher. Like, they used to make fun of all the Haitians and they Africans. They say HBO. And, like, I was so naive, they didn't know what HBO meant. And I was like, yeah, hottest boy out. <laughs> yeah, I'm popping. What the fuck yeah, are you like, talking about? My father was on the phone one time, and like my friend, well, I don't know if my friend now, but like my friend at the time was like, "Yeah, you, you HBO." I was, I was like, "Hottest boy out," and my father was like, "What?" <laughs> I, first off, I didn't know my father picked up the phone, other receiver was on the phone listening. To Very our much our parents, yes. And he was like, "What?" He was like, "What you call him?" And he was like, "Uh," and he and he hung up. And my dad was like, "Don't you ever let anybody call you that? They're calling you a Haitian booty scratcher." Like I was like, "What?" The oh, no, I mean that's not even an acronym. It's like Haitian body odor. But like uh, yes, I was like, I, I was like, what? I'm like, no, nah, it's hot as boy out, pop. What are you talking about? He's like, nah. I love the innocence that you had though. Yeah, because there's a certain self esteem you have to have when you are an immigrant child and you very much realize, oh, I'm othered, and it's not just because of my race. Yeah, I tell people all the time. There's levels to the the xenophobia and the racism and the misogyny. Like, there's levels to it, and you always have to acknowledge like where you plot on that scale, mm -hmm. so you can like help those who are underneath you, mm -hmm. but also recognize the ones above you might not always be safe. Mm -hmm. Have you ever had? Because I'm gonna say this to the audience. We had a whole episode that did really well, and the last guest was actually Haitian as well. Not on purpose, guys. She was talking about what it's like dealing with um, anti-blackness and dating, and how a lot of black men. In LA, do not date black women. It's a thing. Just sip on that for a second. So I'm gonna tell you guys, this is a black man who is in a relationship with a black woman. It's not impossible. Y'all can stop acting like it never happens. Have you ever yourself witnessed that? Or is it something that you think women are more hyper aware to in this area in LA? I think women are just hyper aware. Because they're the ones who are not getting chosen, yeah. yeah. That would make sense. I, don't say, I didn't want to say it. You <laughs> no, but it's true. If I put one not getting chosen, I'm going to notice. <laughs> but yeah, like I feel like people are just hyper aware of certain things that, that, affect, that, them. that affect them. Yeah. Like, for instance, when you want to buy a new car, and you're like, oh, I want to get this Lexus. You're going to see that same Lexus all the time. Yeah. Like, yeah damn, why didn't everybody get a Lexus? You know what I'm saying? Like uh -huh. you become, you start thinking and taking in that information. Same thing when you're on social media. If you like something, you start getting that in your feed. Mm -hmm. That stuff, the algorithm starts feeding you the stuff that you want. Confirmation stuff. bias. Exactly. Yeah. You know, so I don't think that is, and me being a person that used to be for the streets. Wait a minute. We're just going to own this now. Like, As a former hoe. My girl, my girl will say that all day. She's like, you little trick. I mean, at least you know who she married. She's like, look, I got chosen. It was yeah, good. So, um, but yeah, like just date, whatever. I like, if I like you, like you, the only thing I typically skew away from is white. I just don't do that. But like, Here's the thing that I would say. If you're running towards somebody because you like them, go for it. If you're running away from your blackness, that's a problem. Okay. As long as you're running towards love and not away from your community, I actually am pretty good at minding my business. Mm -hmm. um, I will say, though, that I love seeing you in your relationship because y'all are very great at keeping things low-key and chill. I told you when I saw her at some event with you, I think it was for Send Help, mm -hmm. there was a look she gave you. She's like, she is so fucking proud I am. <laughs> and I love that. I love that you have a partner who seems like they're also your friend. Mm -hmm. Now, this is the part where we completely left the itinerary. We had a whole itinerary. I threw it out the window. Because as <laughs> usual, I start talking to Jean and I forget where I am. I'm like, hey, how's your mother? Like, it, it gets a little... <laughs> what advice... Let me see, what do I want to write? What advice do you have for someone who wants to follow their dreams but does not have a support system currently? Understand that it's a lonely road to start. <laughs> like you kind of have to do this by yourself. Like I had, I couldn't call back home and tell someone like, "Yo, blah blah." blah this is what. Then, then again, I did have certain people who was like, "Go do your thing, man." Yeah. Like 
I had this guy named Jamal. If I needed something, like say if I'm like I ran low on cash and I was like, yo, I need like three hundred dollars, he'll send me the three hundred dollars. Um, and that was like in like in like little small piece, these little small ways little, people have your back, small ways that people have your back. But if you're looking for someone to be like, I'm gonna do the submissions for you, and I'm gonna do this and do that, that's not gonna happen. Like you, you have people, but it's not in the way that you think you have people. Yeah. Um, because also your goal is gonna be the first one to your party. Like when you're setting up a party, you're the first one there. That's a word. You're always gonna be the first one at your party. That's true. You know what I'm saying? Like you're trying to you're trying to throw get this party for you going, and you're gonna be there first. You gotta open the door. You gotta sit the table. You gotta do this. You gotta do all, get everything together, and then people show up. You're so wise, John. I love my friends. Um, I don't know if you saw uh, recently. I, I posted a, a, a receipt on about Beyonce on on Instagram. Um, Twenty years ago, it was July uh, six, two thousand and three. A man wrote an article about Beyonce, and the title was "Beyonce's Solo Album." She's no Ashanti. And it was a it was a review of how she's no Ashanti. She's probably not gonna make it, and probably needs to go back to Destiny's Child. Wow! Me and my petty splendor saw the article, and it, five years later, I remember the article because I, I saw it in the archives. I put it on my calendar on the 20th anniversary of that article, curious about where Beyonce would be would be 20 years after wow. he said that she would be, be nowhere. I get an alarm on the 6th of July this year, like. Beyonce article anniversary. What the fuck does that mean? Spent the entire day confused. Like, what the fuck does that mean? Woke up on Saturday like, oh, it's the 20 year anniversary. She's a, a billionaire and like on tour in like a million countries. Like, what the fuck? And I posted it. Boy, was he wrong. Oh, I feel bad because I posted oh. it and didn't hide his name. Now my my Instagram's like, we're going to find him. You shouldn't. <laughs> I want to hear what he has to you say. You shouldn't. You shouldn't. Like for people that like count you out, before you even get to where you're at, like let them know. Her like, first album. Let like, them uh, know. Beyonce should probably stick to, to sitting in independent women with her friends. So my question to you is. Because the bravest thing that we do is we fail in public. That part. We fail in public. Like we literally are putting ourselves out there and we're failing out loud. Knowing you're going to have opinions and people are going to say stuff. People so was- so if we would do the same thing for you, it is now the 11th. Oh, 7-11, like that song. Um, it is now the 11th of July, 2023. Mm-hmm. Where do you see yourself if we just set a time castle for the 11th of July, 2043? Ooh, <laughs> 43. <laughs> Um, you 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 a grandpa by now probably. I'll be a grandpa. I'll probably be doing work like Morgan Freeman. Oh, I love that. Um, I will have my own. Well, out my production company, Bass House Pictures, will be further along with development deals. Um, we'll be probably producing two or three, no, probably ten movies a year. Um, and I will have several homes. At all the places that I've visited. First generation flex. Okay. Um, I will have three kids, hopefully, um, with some grandkids. Maybe a set of twins that you, that you didn't know. Maybe a set of twins. <laughs> um, I'll have skydived by myself without an instructor, without being tandem. Um, what else? Uh, You'll be prospering. I'll be doing very well. And we'll still be friends. And we'll still be friends. And I'll have my Oscar and I'll have my little plaque wall and all that shit like that. It would be great. Joe, I love this. This was you see how easy this was? Mm. It's always so easy talking to you. It's very easy talking to you. This is so fun. Now I want people who already knew you, because I'm clear my audience already knows who you are. But for those who want to know how to find you, what are your socials so they can stalk you and see what you're saying online? Um, if you want to see what I'm saying online, it's the same name, different app. Jean Ellie. And if you want to stay up to date on what's going on with Bassett House Pictures and all the short films and the underrepresented creators that we're putting on a pedestal, um, follow Bassett House Pick on all social media apps. And are you on threads? I am on threads, Jean Ellie. Oh, I'm number 352. That's wild. Okay, you want to talk about first generation flex? I, I'm I'm eight, I'm under the ten million mark, and like I thought I was doing yeah, something. Like now everybody got prison numbers. Like it's like <laughs> it's like eight five six seven four four four. My like a social security number. Yeah, I'm number three fifty two, and I knew about Thread for a very long time, and then I just couldn't talk about it because of what was going on. And you were then, founding father of Threads. I like I was like whose number. I was like, when did I, I? I was like, I got this late. I was like, how am I three? And then I see the numbers. I'm like, oh. Oh, Five million people joined the same hour I did. 
So I feel like if I joined an hour earlier, I would have moved up significantly. Mm -hmm. But that's fine. For those of you who know, I'm still Blue Toulousema at Blue Centric. For those who want to join us for the eight-week emotional intelligence workshop, please go to fall23.eventbrite.com. That's Wait, again. What's that? Oh, I do an emotional intelligence workshop for eight weeks on Zoom. Um, Monique and a couple of our friends have done it, actually. Oh, really? Yeah. And I literally, for eight weeks, couples especially, a couple of my friends who are like getting married or just got married have taken it together, fathers and sons, mothers and, and daughters, they take it together to learn how to talk to each other in a way where they can have tactics to have um, more fun without being triggered. Mm -hmm. And what's interesting is people who, uh, one of the girls who took the class recently, she's in Flying a Boss. One of, one of one of the people who took the class mm -hmm. is, is in a group that's gone like viral now and wow. that they're at Essence. You know that song, I'm talking Christ. And have you never seen it? Look at Flying a Boss. I actually just hit her up to see if she wanted to come on the pause. Where's my phone at? Get your phone. She went viral while taking the class and we kind of helped her work What's through. What's it called? Flying a boss. Flying a boss. It's all over TikTok. You know, you know, I stay, I stay current with the kids. Yeah, I, um, I'm not a TikTok person at all. Oh my god, I gotta put you on. How am I the elder and I'm and I'm and I'm on and you're not? You know what? Flyanna. Flyanna boss. Okay. Essence Fest. They were all over Essence Fest. I'll, I'll show you some links in a second. Um, that ended up being like a random shout out to them. Guys, you know how to find us. Fall23.eventbrite.com. It's eight weeks. It will literally change your life. Uh, Bridget Kelly took it. Uh, Bobby from Flying the Boss took it. A couple of my other friends took it. It is fun. It is amazing. And if you want to do a private reading because you don't want to be in a group setting because we do it as a group on Zoom. It's two mm. hours every week, by the way. Okay. Um, if you don't want to be in a group setting, you can always do a consultation with me. Bluecentricshop.com backslash readings. I love you guys. And as always, please be gentle with yourselves because we're all just human beings doing human shit as well watch rap shit which drops august 10th rap shit august 10th please support our family support rap shit i feel support. like half the show has come on the podcast at this point <laughs> <laughs> all right we gotta go bye guys have you ever wondered what actually happens in congress every day Stay informed on Capitol Hill's daily happenings with a concise, factual summary of the Senate and House of Representatives activities from the previous session, free from bias, on the Congressional Record Daily Digest podcast. Subscribe on your favorite podcast platform and discover the process from the heart of U.S. politics. The Congressional Record Daily Digest, an Electric Cast production. Electric Cast. Hey there, I'm DC. I host the Rock Podcast, Back to the Arena, The Interviews. It's about a 30-minute podcast where I talk one-on-one -on -one with a band who has released new music. You can find us on all the best podcast sites like Spotify, Apple, Google, iHeartRadio, and more. If you're a rock band like me, subscribe today to Back to the Arena, The Interviews. Electric Acid. Electric Acid.